And it's not always dogs and cats. It could be birds, ferrets, yeah. hamsters. We've had a pig before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little piglet. <laughs> and we found him a home. He lives the best life ever. <laughs> Today, I introduce you to Isabella Maya, the founder of Positive Beings. She gives us her own personal insight in her journey on rescuing homeless and unwanted animals. And we also chat about the effects of backyard breeding. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every party you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive With every smile Isabella, thanks for coming on today. Thank you. Thank and you for having me. Who is this little one you brought as well? This is Dottie. We recently rescued her from Miami-Dade Animal Services. Um, as a rescue, I'm partnered with them, so we get notifications every day of animals that are high on the kill list. And she was one of them. Her back legs had given up. She wasn't walking. They assumed she was paralyzed. Um, and we took her in after a few weeks of medications, love, resting. She's back on her feet. Um, it is an issue with her back discs, so mm. she does have to be careful, um, rest often, not go too wild, but she's back on her feet, you know, and this is what sucks about certain shelters. They just euthanize anything that comes in that oh, looks like it might be a very high cost to treat, you know, and at the end of the day, it wasn't, um, it was just just need some TLC. Yeah, exactly. You know? Some steroids. That's it. And she's up and running. <laughs> and she is so well behaved because I have not heard a peep from her. Like we were setting up the lighting to the going in the elevator Insanely to everything. Insanely behaved. I haven't and heard a peep. The only times we hear a peep is when bikes, like bikes or anything with a wheel involved mm -hmm. is near her. She does bark. So we're assuming. Maybe her injury was from a bike accident or mm. anything involved like that. Um, she's very traumatized from that. <laughs> she does stand up for herself when one comes by her. Um, but other than that, she's a great, a great dog. Yeah. We and hope to find her home soon. That word you used to the, the high on the kill list that like, like, you know, sparked my interest there because what, what exactly is that? I mean, so there's this shelter, Miami-Dade Animal Services, yeah. so overpopulated. They do have a list of dogs that are next to be euthanized. You know, they need mm -hmm. the space. They need to keep rotating the animals. Um, a lot of the high-kill dog dogs that are on that list are usually the bully breeds or the ones that need high medical attention. And me, that I'm fortunate enough to have contact with them. They reach out to me and I get emails every day of dogs that need to be out of there urgently before they Jeez. do recognize them. And she was one of them. I guess another way yeah. to say is just uh, whoever is going to be most expensive for them. Does that make sense at all? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Or yeah. I don't know if they don't, I don't know what their medical team is like in there. 
I'm not sure if they don't have the resources sometimes. They must not, I'm sure. They must not. They do have the money for it. I can tell you that much. Mm. But I know in there, in that facility, they don't have all the equipment. Um, But yeah. And then just the bully breeds. They want them out. They know people don't want to usually adopt a dog that looks like a pit bull or anything scary. You know, the typical stereotype. But And they sometimes even give you money to go pick up these dogs. Oh, they'll pay you. They'll pay you to pick up this dog. Mm. They have a $500 check ready for you if you pick up one of these dogs. Yep. That's interesting. Very. And they're usually healthy. Healthy healthy dogs, and they're giving you the $500 to get those dogs out of there. How do do those dogs get... get in there in the first place like where are they coming from to before they they get there a lot of them are strays a lot of them are surrenders um a lot of people come in to drop them off um and sometimes they don't have space to take these dogs in and usually when they don't have space a lot of families go out super popular area redlands and homestead yeah and they drop them off right there there's a community of dogs and cats just being tossed right there. And oh, a lot disgusting. of res- yeah, a lot of rescues super dedicated to going out there and just feeding them, having routes, knowing exactly where these dogs are and cats. Um, and a lot of them are people that find those dogs there and bring them in um, as strays. And I mean, eventually they were somebody's pet, you know, and then just toss and they don't have the resources to live out there and survive. A lot of them come in with injuries. They're either hit by cars, crazy skin infections, you know, really, it's a really, really sad situation. You must be a little overwhelmed yourself then just with the amount of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just call. I have at least 50 calls every day, just people calling. And I know very short amount of them are to either adopt because usually people that are interested in adopting from us, they either email us, they shoot us a text. Um, the calls are usually always something urgent, right? I found this dog. I need it now. I yeah. need it's now. And it's sad. It's sad. It's super overwhelming how how many calls we get every day. Yeah. I mean, and it, I can imagine too the amount of calls to give up dogs is a lot more than people trying to take them in. What's yes. the rate what's the typical ratio you think? Yeah. Like every uh, three to one or Yeah, I mean I get 10 surrender forms and I have maybe one adopting form. Oh gosh, yeah. really? Yeah. That's so sad. But we've been, uh, Positive Beings has been really, really lucky. We get everyone adopted eventually. We don't oh, give up on anybody. We usually have really quick adoption responses. Um, we Typically, I think the last two dogs we had, it's been taking a little longer than usual, but you know, we're here with them. They're in their foster homes. They're comfortable. So that's what matters. Um, but yeah, it's super positive outcome yeah. always with no, every dog we take in or cat. That's good. Cause I can only imagine like who, who wouldn't want <laughs> her. A Dottie Peppa. Yeah. Where did, where did you come up with that name? Dottie Pepper. So my partner, who's also all of our animals veterinarian. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You have a little in-house medical in-house treatment medical there. Treatment. Um, <laughs> He is a big golf guy, and Dottie Pepper used to be a golf player. Also, now I think she's just a, mm. a broadcaster for all the golf tournaments, and that's where the came, the name came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And they fit right in. Dottie's blonde. 
the Stardies kind of blonde. They kind of yeah, look like. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome if we got Dottie Pepper to adopt Dottie Pepper. I know, I know, but and she will. It's just yeah. I think it throws people off when they hear about you know the her trauma. Bat, her, the trauma. Yeah, yeah. Usually the medical. It's very easy to get a tripod dog adopted. Or a one-eyed dog mm-hmm. or cat adopted. Yeah. Usually when it's a little bear. more serious like this, it tends to scare people away. But they just need to meet her. Cause I feel like everybody, though, who's looking for a, a dog to adopt just wants somebody that's home-friendly, guest-friendly. And I mean that, I mean, she just yeah, gets home. She, she has the whole package. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen her like lick yeah. her face and that's it. I've, I've been her foster these past okay, few yeah. weeks. And at home, we have a cat, a ferret, we have birds, other dogs. She's been okay with everybody. Yeah, I was going to so, say, you've got to probably be yeah. overwhelmed yourself just wanting to adopt all of them yourself. <laughs> yeah, but It's hard. It's hard when they come by and stay with us. We yeah. want to keep them all. Where can people find, uh, is it just on your website, where to adopt the animals that you have? Yes. So we're really big on the social media. It's usually where we find everybody to adopt. Okay. Um, and you can... You can take a look at, on our Instagram as well, Facebook, who we have able, you know, up for adoption. But at the end of the day, the website is who is we, it's, yeah, it's where you should really take a look at. It's our website with the available animals. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm looking here and these animals are just like so cute. And I'm looking at these, <laughs> I'm looking at these um, photos and it reminds me last week, my adorable uh, nephew, who's about to turn two years old, he had his uh, first picture day at school. It didn't go so well. <laughs> it didn't go so well because, you know, you got to keep him still oh, and smile cool. and giggly and he's dressed, you know, dressed nicely and yeah. his hair's done. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm looking at these, um, the, these photos and you're able to get them smiley in a cute position and it's like so photogenic. It's, and I'm wondering, how are you able to um, kind of do it? It's hard work. Yeah. Is it like, <laughs> it's just, a skill. It's a skill. And 500 photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you go through my photo gallery, it's just the same dog and the same picture. Yeah. Um, you know, always treats around. If they're mm-hmm. treat motivated, that's a big plus. They look right at the camera if you're holding it. Sometimes even if they don't know how to sit, they'll just sit because they're waiting for that treat. But And it's so tough. It's, it's funny because I have a really hard time explaining this to my fosters. Yeah. So while they're in foster, I love to get pictures of them. So we can keep sharing, show everybody how they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't always be in the studio with these dogs, yeah. but the one time I can are these pictures that I have on the website. <laughs> and those are the ones that I'm taking. So I know how to do it, but it's tough explaining to everybody, you know, like make them sit, make them look at the camera, mm-hmm. show them a treat, show them their favorite toy. But <laughs> that's how we do it. And yeah, the cats yeah. are a little tougher. Sometimes, are they? Yeah, sometimes they're scared. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're very, they're animals that like to be in their environment, you know, and yeah. they're common space at all times. You take them out of their space to a studio, they'd be like, where are we? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah they're not trying to. It's a little tougher. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, um, one of my, um, th- the ones that stuck out to me when I was looking at your website on the dogs you have available now, mm-hmm. Tom. Oh my God. Tom, can you tell a little bit about Tom? Because I just want to cry <laughs> looking at that photo. He's actually at my house. Is he? Because Tom is the type of animal that is on like the, the TV commercial where In the Arms of the Angel comes yes. on, but I think it was a Sarah McLaughlin or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that is 
Tom. If Automatic everyone... change the channel every time. Yeah, that song yeah. Would I come just on. just like, mute, look the other way, and yeah. feel like a coward. <laughs> um, Tom was actually somebody who reached out to us through Instagram. Okay. Um, a young lady. Um, and we took him in right away. She sent us a picture of him. We saw the, you know, the weird shadowing in his eye, just showing that he was probably blind or something going on needs to be treated needs to go to a specialist looks like he's crying yeah he's um yeah so we took him in right away she brought him to, over to us um the process of surrendering to us you just have to fill out an application we go through it if we're available and have space to take them in we do we accept it we do have a surrender fee um that all goes towards the care of the animal that's being yeah. dropped off and we took him in. We did a few tests at a general practice veterinary office. Um, he does have some vision. He he can see. Um, we just think it's like a blurry okay. thing. Never runs into anything, but he's just so happy. Is Hurry. he? So happy. Oh. Purring at all times. Just wants to cuddle. Knows when it's, when it's playtime. Yeah. He's a, a gem of a cat. And took him to a specialist. Just some have a second opinion on his eyes told me to leave it alone he's a happy okay. boy it's not bothering him he's not painful Good. so yeah he might throw some people off how he doesn't have really like you know he looks damaged yeah you know like physically <laughs> and and emotionally honestly but i'm 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 ecstatic to know that he's that does not face him Good. he's like i'm a happy guy he's just he's happy he it's sad to think he wouldn't have made it out there no i mean one pound less than two months old he would have made it out there. So little, wow. not having that full vision to be aware of his surroundings. Anything could have gotten him, you know? So I'm happy he's with us. And oh, yeah. I, I feel like he'd be yeah. the first one to, to find a home. Which, which, which of the dogs are the easiest to find homes on? Usually the little guys. I was going to say, Todd's Tom. That's <laughs> Tom. Usually the little guys are very easy. If we get anything with that, it's a pure breed. People love that. Yeah. You know, they go by really fast. Um, and yeah, older cats are harder. You know, people are, people love kittens. They love kittens. We love puppies. We love kittens. Yeah. You know, who doesn't? Um, yeah. But I think you have to have that mature mindset to know you're, you know, you're saving an animal. So I think I know from now on, I'm only saving seniors. Yeah. I only want senior pets. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't want to deal with potty training. I don't want no, to deal with I know. puppy. I, I don't. They're cute. I don't want it. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. It'll live with me until I find it at home, but um, not as a personal yeah. pet. I just want to just keep, enjoy, keep making yeah. a difference and adopting these senior dogs that people just dump and mm -hmm. give them their last few years, few months, whatever they have, they're happiest. And some people can't handle that, and I understand. But I, oh yeah, I could, yeah, you know, it's like what they're only going to be with me for a few months. Like, like that's heartbreaking. Like, like I hospice. can't, I can't do that. It's yeah. like okay, but if not, they're just going to go die in that cage. They're going to stay forever in that cage. Yep. And die. It's yeah. like, well, because here's the difference. You're thinking for it, the animal's point of view. Of they're course. thinking for I'm themselves. Not I'm not thinking about myself at that yeah. moment. No. Yeah. I'm thinking of them. They can come live with me. Four months, nine months, two yeah. years, whatever it takes. And I'll treat whatever they need. You know, whatever medical needs they might need at the moment. I'll handle it. Yeah, because you're a, um, a nurse by trade, right? Yeah, I'm mm. a nurse as well. I've done it for a few years now. Definitely doing it less um, ever since 
I opened my nonprofit. Yeah. Just completely focusing on that. What's most important to me. Yeah. So it's it's just it's nice having the medical background as well as my partner at home being a doctor. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I I'm very blessed to be able to operate my rescue and have this background and all this help. Yeah, between the two of you two of you guys, you guys yeah. have probably touched almost every animal in Miami. I feel like <laughs> at some point you've helped every single yeah. one of them, I'm probably, sure. Probably. <laughs> and it's where we get a lot of our surrenders too, you know? People come in, they can't afford medical treatments or hospitalization, surgery, and their option is just to put the animal down. And usually I take in. I take over, they surrender the animal to me if they're okay with it. And I usually raise enough funds to be able to treat the animal if it's something very serious. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, what is, what would you say is the biggest reason people give up their pets? I would, I mean, I would think Mm -hmm. medical finances somewhat intertwined. Maybe, um, I mean, I can't think that it wouldn't be because they don't love their animal anymore. I, th- I would think it's got to be something with finances to where they just can't do anything else. I mean, from your experience, what do you think if you ask for a reason on yeah. those forms, what um, do people typically put? It's usually financial. Yes. A big one's financial. A big one's not having time anymore mm. and knowing their animal deserves better yeah. instead of being home in a crate all day while they're at work. Um, that's, that's, I think that's one of the biggest reasons, but I also come across a lot where I think cultural in some cultures, just having a pet is kind of like an outdoor thing, Mm. you know? Yeah. Throughout the years it's changed, you know, they're, they're my, they're my kids, you know, (laughs) they're literally my kids. They sleep under the covers with me. I celebrate mother's day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They get dressed on Christmas. They get a Halloween costume. Um, they get treats when they behave. Exactly. And some people just treat these animals as a guard or just, no, they're meant outdoor, you know, in this heat, like, or in the cold in New York, it's just, it's not that mentality is old. It's old school. I think it should just be done. Because people aren't educated enough. Um, it's we see that a lot mm. at the hospitals. You know, people come in with their pets. They're not on flea and tick prevention every month. Heartworm prevention. They're not. They don't know about these things. You know, the dog's been itching for five months. It's infested in fleas. But the dog start. It's not feeling well anymore. You test it for heartworm. It's positive. Because the dog lives outside, you know? It's, um, I think it's a lot of just cultural stuff, too. And you can't blame that person because that's what they were probably raised like, right? Yeah. They were probably raised in a home where the dogs lived outside. They weren't allowed inside. They're an outdoor thing. But when it comes to that, it's like, why even have a pet? Why even have an animal? Yeah. I don't even like to call it a pet. Why even have that animal? You're yeah. not enjoying it. It's not enjoying its life. So... And then a lot of those people are the ones that come in and they don't have the funds to treat the animal and they end up surrendering it because they don't have that attachment to the animal. They're like, yeah, whatever. I'll get rid of it. I don't really have the funds for it. You'll take it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Just cool. Like whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. They don't vaccinate their animals too. A lot. We see a lot of that, you know, mm. people just backyard breeding. They're not educated on spaying and neutering. And then just keep breeding, having litters. And then these dogs end up in the street too. 
you know, not yeah. enough people to give them away to. Well, that, that's the thing. I feel like a huge problem here is it sounds like the breeding. I mean, what yeah. exa- what exactly is backyard breeding? If you can give us a little bit of insight into that. <sighs> I mean, just what it sounds like, right? Like you have your house, you have a yard, you buy a dog, the male and the female, and you just start having litters. Mm. Start having, you force them to mate. They have puppies and you just sell them, right? Um, you eventually. You're just artificially pumping up those numbers in, of yes. population. Yeah, you are. You really are while there's plenty of them dying at the shelter. And a lot of the ones that are there are probably from the litter you just had a year ago, you know? Yeah. So, and also the types of dogs that these people are breeding in the yards. They're just trying to do exotic, right? Which are the bully breeds. A Mm -hmm. lot of them are the bully breeds that people don't want. Like, especially in a city, like you can't be walking around with a great Dane or, um, they're illegal in Miami Dade, you know, the pit bull terrier. It's legal. Um, and a lot of, a lot of shelters, res- a lot of the shelters rescues, um, if I've been guilty of adopting, uh, a dog that's clearly a pit bull, but the shelters put them down as American I, I, bulldogs yeah. so or they can mixed. be, a- so they can be adopted because yeah. it's not enough people. And those dogs are always the ones being euthanized, yeah. you know? And it's sad because like y- you breed these dogs in Miami, people live in ranch style homes at at best typically or mostly apartments and like these dogs need space they need space i agree with that i also disagree just because i have a pit bull and he's the biggest couch potato really and we can oh yeah <laughs> we have to force him out of the apartment to go on a walk if it, My were, God up, <laughs> if it were up to him he would just do his business by the door mm. and does not want to go outside <laughs> but but yes, a lot of them need a yard. They need exercise. Yeah. You need to make sure you have the time and the dedication to own a dog, you yeah. know, when you sign up for it instead of, and it's one of the things I really, really talk to people about before they adopt from me. Yeah. You know, I don't want you calling me in a year being like, you know what? This wasn't. You have them back. Yeah. yeah. Do you get that? Uh, I haven't yet. Okay. We officially have only been uh, a 501c3 for okay. less than a year. Um. But before that, I've been doing this rescue stuff for a long time, just not officially with the government. Um, And I've never had that happen to me. I've had it recently, but it was like two months later, you know, which, okay. But I don't want you coming back in a year telling me you don't want the dog anymore. And one of the things I do make you sign and read is you cannot drop this dog off at any shelter. Oh, that's good. It needs to be back to me. Exactly. Yeah. Back to me, but going back to the backyard breeding, um, that's how it goes. I mean, I see so many people reach out to me and send me accounts of people starting their own backyard breeding. And it's, it's, it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. They buy these short, stocky bully breeds. And those are the ones that have the breathing issues Mm -hmm. and the skin issues and the joints. And they're so wide and weird looking and, and it's not normal. It's not a normal breed, you know? Yeah. When I was leasing apartments a couple of years back, this guy came in and, you know, you talk, when it comes to applying, you really talk about like their employment, how much they make and all mm-hmm. that info. And he said he was a dog breeder. And, um, I mean, at, you know, at the time, even now, if somebody says I'm a dog breeder, I don't like, you know, completely badger like the, the outlook on it, but like the way he was talking about it, mm-hmm. Like he was the artificial, I don't like these animals are money. They're yeah. investments. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
you're not trying to breed for, I mean, I'm, there, maybe there's some good ways or good things for breeding. I don't know. You probably know more than I do, but um, he was talking about just like these, these weird concepts and like, even like he got into like using like chemicals and stuff like that. And, it, and I was just like, I don't know anything about this, but I just know from how you're saying it and what you're saying, it's so right. wrong. Um, but like looking into it, like take a Tibetan Mastiff, for example, which is like what you would, you were talking about, you know, bulky, big, you know, almost yeah. bully style breeding just because that's like their role is to be that protector. And they give what about like six to 10 puppies on average when they breed? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it just depends. Yeah, and pregnant yeah. for like what, like two months, three months? Uh, probably, probably a little longer. A little longer, yeah. That's definitely a question for my partner. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can get, you can buy one for basically anywhere between three to 5,000, mm-hmm. right? Or so, more. People yeah. pay 10K for a dog. Especially how they get over. So yeah. let's lowball it and let's go with, say, they breed eight puppies, mm-hmm. right? You got eight puppies. Let's just go with um, 3,000. So in that three-month span of you taking care of that pregnant animal, you have eight times 3,000 is 24,000 alone that you can make, and that's lowballing it, off of that one. Now, what I think makes breeding especially heinous in in a lot of cases is that dog just bred these puppies you're removing its puppies they also remove it earlier way too early yeah yeah way too early because people want to buy them i guess when they're younger Mm -hmm. too so you remove those puppies then a month later you're getting them pregnant again and then that's another six to eight. And mind you, they're not taking this dog to the vet to see if it's healthy enough to keep breeding. They're not checking yeah. any blood work. She, that mother dog could be positive for God knows what. And then all the puppies get it. Yep. And then you're selling them and, and then they're going yeah. to people's homes and exactly. probably being with other animals too. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think about a one year time p- period of doing that to a mother of an animal and you've taken away maybe... 15 to 20 puppies yeah. away from her in one single year. And yeah, you've made like over six figures, but like that is so morally. We're just heartless, you know? And, yeah. we, and we see that. We see a lot. I worked emergency for a little and still do sometimes. We once had a puppy come in where the uncle of the breeder brought it and talking okay. about how his nephew has done this breeding for so many, so for so long and he's super against it. And he's told his nephew to stop and he just keeps doing it. And the past litter, all the puppies were sick, all sick. And he brought us the last one that was about to die. And it was just kind of like save it or Mm. put it down or, and it's just so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. Um, well, it's 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 sad, especially because there you have the intention behind it, which is why you you know it's almost like you know infuriating yeah. too, because you're trying to help the puppies that are you know people don't want anymore, or maybe they're too sick, you know, not puppies that have been just like not sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But it's just it's it's really really sad. I can't I, even be around those people like, yeah, when they come I, into the hospital. I'm like. Is there any positives behind breeding? I mean, is there anything that's like, 
other than the financial gain that that person makes off of these puppies specifically for them that's a personal gain but i'm talking more like a like is there anything beneficial to the animal world no with breeding zero i i don't think so someone can tell me otherwise but i'm just so deep into the rescuing and saving all the ones that need homes that I'm like, no, <laughs> there's nothing good about it. Um, you know, there's certain, there's certain dogs that are, you know, they're meant to work, right? We have the shepherds that are used for bombs, searching drugs, mm-hmm. yeah, right? The canines. the canines at the airport with the police officers. We see them all the time at the hospital. Um, they're just, they're, they're working dogs. They yeah. want to work. You know, I, I support that. I think, but they also come from amazing breeders, you know, from like Germany and people that have been doing this and actually care for their dogs. And the mom is safe and okay Mm -hmm. and healthy and being checked by a veterinarian and the dad as well, you know? Yeah. Um, You also have these breeders that I hear people going to like South Carolina for their golden doodles. Mm -hmm. Um, where, yeah, it's like a family, you know? It's like, I have a home, a family. I had yeah. two, and they had a litter. And, you know, yeah, I'm selling the puppies because I can't have all of them. And, you know, when it comes to that, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's fine. But you're breeding in your yard, and you're mistreating yeah. your dog. Your dog's living outside in a cage, and it's pumping, pumping out puppies. Because they're not professionals doing months. it. They're not professionals doing it. Yeah. You're not supposed to be doing that. Especially when they're, they're yeah. born all sick. Exactly. You know, have you ever heard of a great Pyrenee? I think that, that's the, the Yes, the dog. yes. It's a huge white dog. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that dog, um, I just did my new, uh, I was just did a story about one in my new show last week because uh, it's a shepherd dog. Mm-hmm. You know, it's designed to be that worker bee to protect. Yeah. Um, and it was so cool because the um, animal called, or the, the dog's called Casper. And okay. Casper protects the livestock <laughs> on this farm. And there were 12 coyotes that tried attacking the livestock. Mm-hmm. Now, Casper not only defended the livestock and saved every single animal there. Out of the 12 coyotes that attacked, he killed eight. That's, wow. And chased off the last four. <laughs> killed eight of them. It's now, impressive. It's yeah, it is yeah. so impressive. And I was like, oh, my God. There is such a good role for some of these, these animals. Um, yeah. And especially him, you look at him, you're like, that is, that's like a polar bear, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And obviously it came with some damage. He kind of lost part of his tail, a lot of damage attacking or defending 12 coyotes. Those dogs grow up with, so see, this is another thing too, right? Like that dog was probably a litter, came from a litter where his mom and dad probably grew up on that same farm. Yep. He probably grew up watching mom and dad doing that. And that's impressive. Oh, you have to. Yeah, yeah that's, you have it's, it's be- to. I think that's just beautiful, and <laughs> I'm not against it. And it's fine. That's totally fine, you know. But it's just these ir- irresponsible backyard breeding. That's very oh, sad. I know. I know. Um, there's a there's a dif- there's a distinct difference too. Um, there is. There really is. Yeah. Um, and the same with puppy mills. You know, puppy mills are farms of. It's where all those cute dogs that you see behind that glass at those pet stores, that's where they come from. Mm. And those come sick too, most of the time. They come sick because their parents are sick and living in like disgusting conditions. 
in a puppy mill. Think of all those chickens cooped up in those, you know, those documentaries we watch on Netflix about where your eggs are coming from. That's how these dogs are living. They pump them with like the steroids and get them more muscular and so we get more meat. That's how these dogs are living. Same like cage conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know it's it's so sad. Um, You know, I'm looking at these beautiful animals that maybe some of them have come from breeders and i can only Mm -hmm. imagine kind of like that upbringing too Uh, i think you even have one in here where i think it's kayla um yes where she was if you could tell a little bit about kayla kayla's very similar story to what we're talking about she was definitely used for breeding um same thing those bully short stocky um and we definitely knew right away when we saw her. She had the very extended nipples, showing that she was definitely used for breeding. Um, her skin was in terrible condition, just showing signs that she was definitely an outdoor dog. Um, she showed up to a family's house, just roaming around the neighborhood. And this family is really kind. They reached out to me. I helped them out. I brought her into the vet. We checked her out. We started treatments on her. Um, they kept her for a little bit for me until we found her foster. She stayed in foster for quite a while while she was recovering. And during her foster time, I would go visit her. And one day I was like, yeah. And one day I was like, she was, she looks a little big, a little chunky. And I was like, wow, is she pregnant? She probably came pregnant to us. So I took her to the vet. You got the two for one there, didn't you? We scanned her. And she did. She had seven puppies. Holy shit. Um, she was having a weird pregnancy thing. A lot of discharge coming out. It was kind of odd. To the point where we're just like, it's either her or the puppies. We're like, you know, she comes first. Yeah. So we aborted all the puppies. They were very little. Nothing formalized. Yeah. yeah, it was. And she did amazing. Woke up an hour later. Ready to go. As if she just didn't have surgery. <laughs> she yeah. was, she's phenomenal. A strong girl. She's so happy with anything she could be. I'm sure she was the happiest dog doing what she was doing before. Like just breeding puppies and still probably loved that person that was doing all that to her. You know? That's so, that's the saddest it's part. So, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's so like Stockholm, sad. That's like Stockholm syndrome is in <laughs> psychology where you feel bad for your abuser. Yeah. So, and she, she loves anybody she meets. It's like, this got, this dog should just be traumatized by a human being. Oh, yeah. And unsure, All those right? puppies or, are gone. I mean, how many puppies did it give yeah, birth to? Yeah, who knows or, if she was B or, I, I yeah. don't know. But she's amazing. And she did get adopted. We got her back two months later just because she just wasn't doing well with the family dog, apparently. Hmm. Um, she's back in a foster, so hopefully we'll find her home soon. That's probably a big risk, I guess. You, you don't know about is how it's going to do, how the puppy's going to do with the other family dog, right? Yes. Well, we're very cautious about that. We make sh- we have her, you know, get together with other dogs while she's with us. Mm. Um, to see what her temperament is, if she does well with other dogs, if she does well with cats, we, we test it all out and she did great. She did great, um, with all the dogs we introduced her to. She also did amazing with the family dog when they first met the first few times, but I don't know. I think apparently throughout the time that she spent time with the dog, she slowly started getting along with the dog. I've never heard of that, but it could happen, I guess. Um, I'm not sure. It's just, I'm very, 
I'm very blunt and straight to the point. If you are calling me to tell me that you need to surrender her back, I just don't even want to hear the excuse. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm coming to get her. That's fine. You know, if you're already, if that thought even crossed your mind, yeah. it's because you weren't it, you know? So going off of that, mm-hmm. I have to get to you then at this point, because I'm thinking of you having to go through all of this emotional like toll for yourself where it's like you're maybe having to go back to get the animal you're adopting animals i mean because i feel like from the sounds of it, you're obviously getting pretty uh, i don't want to say attached but Mm -hmm. i mean you are emotionally being involved with them and i can't blame you obviously now i mean how do you deal with that i mean honestly because it's just it's It's, so many ups and downs yeah right especially with the ones that come in with severe um, health issues or if they need certain treatments for a while we keep them for a while until they're healthy and those are usually the ones I get really attached to like yeah. for example Kayla right spent a lot of time with us um, she went through a lot while she was with me um, and I just want the best for her and I mean even last time I went to go check up on her I just got into like a shower like I just started crying yeah, when I saw yeah. her I was like you you know I want the best for her and it's easier with the dogs that come in and out fast mm-hmm. um I don't really get emotionally attached with them I'm so happy for them and I find them the best homes because they still mean the same way they mean like any other dog you know they mean yeah. the world to me all of them that come through me and I make sure they're amazing homes I just I don't want to have that guilt later being like, you know what? I could have waited a little longer and a better family could have come along, you know? And I have people that tell me, you know, a home it's, it's better to have a home than not have a home. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I'm different. I'm like, no, (laughs) they're going to have the best home. Like I don't want just a home, just a roof over their head, you know? And just food on their plate and water. No, they're going to get the best home. So, but yeah, I, I'm very numb. I'm very numb. You have to be very strong. You have to be numb about it. You know, you can't, you can't be in this industry if you're an emotional person and even in the veterinary industry, you know? Oh, it's gotta be brutal. It is. It's gotta be brutal. Just like normal doctors at the hospital. I mean, you've. Yeah, you have to. I don't know how it's. You have to be very strong in those. You can't just be you know, I love dogs. Let me start saving dogs. <laughs> let me go, <laughs> let me go be a vet. <laughs> You're like, it's way more than that. You're going to be doing a lot of euthanasias, yeah. a lot of hit by cars, a lot oh, of dog gosh. suffering. You need to be okay with that. You know, I think the suffrage has got to be, it is, but you're there for a reason and you're there to help. And it, that dog is not going to get any help if it's not because of you, you know, you're, you're it. So that just makes me so happy being there and it motivates me so no good there's like a glow about you that i know you you know yeah of course you love it and it hasn't taken it taken that like toll of like trauma of seeing all of you know a lot of the suffrage from animals and this past month it's been very it really got to me everything just you know we have our ups and downs and this month has been kind of down i just just so many many calls so many calls and i know they're all like people surrendering or finding dogs and cats. Mm. Um, and I promised myself I need a little break. Um, I'm going to give myself a little over New Year's yeah, break yeah. Um, and come back strong in January. Um, actually, this 
little break, this little break that I'm having and like this emotional moment that I've been going through, um, motivated me to start something where we can start educating the public more about these dogs in the street and what it is to have an animal and adopt. And so, cause I don't want, the goal is to stop doing this. You know, I don't want to have a phone ringing all day for these dogs and cats. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not always dogs and cats. It could be birds, ferrets, yeah. hamsters. We've had a pig before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little piglet, and we found him a home. He lives the best life ever. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. That's why they're so fat. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. So, but no, that's yeah. That's nice to hear. I um, you know, I I was. I'm gonna put this on the my. If you're watching this on YouTube, you obviously see it. But if you're uh, listening, you might have to either go to um, the YouTube video or go onto the website and actually see this because this. Dog is so cute. It is my spirit <laughs> animal, Zeus, because you put a you put a, a very nice uh, bubbly description for each animal, so people can kind of get a good yeah. insight into not only like the physicalness, but like their personality, where they came from, which I think is awesome. So if you're a dog lover, positivebeings.org, P A W. So pause, like exactly, like, like dog Look pause, yeah. And Zeus here. <laughs> Seven years old. He's a fluffy, is it Corgi? Did I say that a right? Corgi. Corgi. Yes. Corgi. Corgi. Zeus is a fluffy Corgi who unfortunately spends his days at home while his current owner does not have much time for him. He loves walks. He loves walks, the park, and the breeze on his face, but he prefers to do these things alone and just with his human. Very much my spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> Very introverted there. We want to find Zeus a home where he's the only dog as he prefers to be the king of the house and his tongue is basically hanging down halfway to his chest because he is <laughs> smiling delightfully with a bayside view. <laughs> that picture on the website is great of him. It is. He's yeah. just a little chunky. You just want to yeah. grab his cheeks and like, you know. Yeah. Um, and play slinky with him because <laughs> he's so cute. Exactly. <laughs> Before we um, finish up, Isabella, how um, how can people who are listening and hearing about you for the first time, how can people find you? How can they help? Um, is there volunteer um, so opportunities? We're currently just foster-based. Um, the places where we hold our animals are either in foster homes, my home, <laughs> or we're very lucky where one of the vet offices where I work at, there's a boarding facility, so sometimes we do need to board them there. Um so currently at the moment, we don't have any volunteer work, um, except if we do have events sometimes and we do like to have volunteers and help us out or fostering. I do give out community service hours for people that foster for me or anything else above. Um, and, you know, the only way we keep moving is donations, funds. That's the only way we can keep doing keep what we do and keeping this mission alive. Um and our goal for next year really is to get a property and have people come in and volunteer. And we want to make this space so different for everybody. We don't want you to just come in and, you know, work and volunteer and be sad. And, you know, I want it to be a place where if you want to come and read a book and lay down next to a dog, you're more than welcome to, yeah, you know, yeah. um, if you want to come and have a coffee. Um, I want it to be like, a fun space for everybody to come on by, even if you're not 
giving us any funds, even if you're not coming to really volunteer or walk a dog, or you just want to sit down and relax there and, or sit with a dog or with a cat. Um, yeah. It means the world to them. You know, they're so alone while they're waiting for their homes. Um, so yeah, that's it really. Um, and if anybody's interested in adopting, there's the website. Those are currently always the available animals that we have. There's an adoption application. After you guys apply, we do go through all the applications. If you're accepted, we reach out. It's a very big process. <laughs> we interview via phone. We do a meet and greet. And even after the meet and greet, I can be like, you know what? No. I didn't. Even if your energy's off or if I... Yeah, because you don't want to like give them away to a breeder, right? Of course not. So we're very strict with the adoption applications. Um, if we approve the adoption application, we have a house check. Uh, we usually do a FaceTime call. Um, we get to know you. And then we do a meet and greet. If that's approved, we do a meet and greet. After the meet and greet, we give you the final yes or no. I can easily tell you no after a meet and greet. Um, your vibe can be off, your energy. Um, maybe I don't like your state of living. That's happened before where I come into your place and I'm like, this is not where I want my animal living. Um, so, and after they're adopted, I always recommend pen insurance. It's, you know, one of the main reasons people- It's huge. It's huge. It's one of the reasons people surrender their pets to us. They can't afford medical bills. So at the end of the day, I think I should- make it a requirement but you know sometimes we have adopters that come in that can't afford a six thousand dollar estimate yeah. at you know but i think i highly recommend it usually it's ranges from twenty dollars to fifty a month depending what package you yeah, get. it's not that expensive it's like two on yeah. threes at applebee's yeah exactly so i think you <laughs> can get pet insurance yeah. and the quality of my adopters um are they're great I want amazing adopters. I want amazing parents to these animals that come my way. So I think they will, they are always all willing to get pet insurance and they do. Good. They do. I check in a month later with them to see how the animal's doing. I confirm that they got it. Always 99%. They always get it. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. good to hear then. Yeah. That's great. That's good to hear. So we'll, um, <clears throat> hopefully then, you know, into the next year, we'll, hopefully link up down the road and see, see how you're doing. I'd love that. Yeah. Once yeah. we get a place going, a facility, that would be amazing. We'll give you a tour. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. That's awesome. And I just, to, for everyone listening right now, it's positivebeings.org. Yes, that is a pun. Positive beings being P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E beings.org. Paw as in dog paw. And um, you can check out all of their amazing animals, all of Isabella's amazing animals she has um, as foster right now. See their faces, see a nice little cute description, and go adopt one. So Thank you, Isabella. No problem. And so don't forget much. to donate, guys. Yes. The mission doesn't stay alive without everybody's donations. Yes. <laughs> thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. I no, appreciate all of this. Thank you, Isabella. And yeah. we'll see you. We'll see you down the road. Of course. <laughs> With every star.